Right, you guys can, you guys can grab a seat. The fact that God is in a good mood is really like the basis of it all, because you know one of the lyrics we sang this morning about "I was under Your wrath, now through the cross I'm reconciled." We can just know that God is in a good mood and He has good thoughts towards us and He's happy towards us. So this morning we actually have a guest speaker. His name is Michael Level. Some of you guys may have heard him before, but I have a feeling for some of you it's going to be your first time. Mike is a really close friend of mine. Um, his wife, Meredith, and his sister, Chloe, came down this weekend because he really felt like God had some stuff for us. And to tell you a little bit more about Micah, he has a really big heart for evangelism. One of the things I appreciate most about this guy is that he is constantly on the street. I really admire his dedication to sharing the gospel. And really, when he does, signs and wonders follow. He's a person that's really encouraged my life a lot. I've learned a lot from him. And the word he gave last night was really good. So I just encourage you guys, open your hearts, open your ears. I'm going to welcome Mike on up to share with us what God's put on his heart. Wow. Thank you. And it's good to be back. I think I was here in May, right? Was it May? Yeah. Here in May. Awesome. Wow. Dude, I love that God is in a good mood. It's amazing. When uh, Wilson was saying that, like God really is in a good mood. I used to like have all these thoughts that God was angry at me and that he was like always out to punish me. But like I did, more and more as I discovered that he was good and that he was happy, I realized that he, there's no way that he would want to punish me. He just wants to delight in me and he wants to delight in us. Isn't it awesome? It's amazing. Like I love Jesus. Can I, can I just say that? Like I love Jesus. Jesus is amazing, man. Like he totally changed my life. Like he's totally set me free. And if he could set somebody free like me, he can set anybody free. Like, I'm, I'm not just saying, and I'm, and I'm really not just saying that. Like, it could sound like it's just something that I'm saying. Like, it's totally true, man. Like, if he could change my life, he can change anybody's life. It's amazing, man. I love the gospel. I love Jesus. He's so awesome. In Colossians, in Colossians, I'm just going to jump right in here. It's so good to be here. I love it. In Colossians, it talks about... That literally we were alienated, hostile in our minds, and literally even doing evil deeds. And then in that place, Jesus came and he reconciled us by his death in order to present us holy, blameless, and above reproach. That, like, blows my mind. Like, isn't that amazing? That verse in Colossians, that truth, that literally, it's not just like he could have just, like, reconciled us and just like, well, now you have to really perform and you have to do all this stuff. And like, if you, you know, miss one mark, you know, oh, back to square one for you, buddy. But what instead it says that he died so that we could be wholly blameless and above reproach before God. That blows me away. Like, think about that right now. Each and every one of you, you're literally wholly blameless and above reproach. You're standing in the presence of God Right now, standing in his very presence, free from shame, condemnation, guilt, and regret. We're completely free. It's the righteousness of God. It's amazing. It's just so good news. I mean, doesn't that blow you away? Like, I grew up in the church, and I remember different things, that, it, especially in children's church. But I'm sure maybe they still say it in big kid church. I mean, I haven't heard it in quite a few years. But I remember, you know, this phrase that was commonly said even in songs and in children's church was God, Jesus lives in your heart. Do, do you remember that? Like that, I know it's still a reality, but I mean, like I was thinking about that reality this morning that Jesus lives in my heart. Dude, that is amazing. Like Jesus literally lives in your heart right now. 
Like right now, he's literally living in your heart. The same guy that walked on water, the same guy that healed every disease, the same guy that raised the dead, he's literally made you his, his house. That's like phenomenally good news. Isn't it awesome? Come on, like, it's so good. Like, it's amazing. Um, in Colossians, Colossians 1, it talks about how, basically, literally it says that you have been qualified to share in the inheritance with the saints in light. And you've been delivered from the dominion of darkness and have been translated into the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. That's amazing. Like literally, we, can, we literally are qualified by the father. It says that giving thanks to the father who has qualified us. Literally, think about this. The judge of the universe, the creator of the universe. Out of all the things that he could stamp on your life or he could say about you like... I mean, he has the right to, tell, to say anything about us because he created us. And out of all the things that he says to his creation, he says, you are qualified. You are qualified. That's amazing. Have you guys ever like applied for a loan before in some way? Yeah, like, a, you know, like whatever, just like a credit card, a loan, a car loan, just, you know, some, a, a mortgage. And have you ever had that, this thing happen where like you, you know, apply for something and then, Maybe it's because I, in my, earlier in my younger age, but I just, like, have you ever applied for something and then you got a return that said you were not qualified for this loan because of your, whatever, your credit score, this or that? Is that just me? Like, has anybody had that happen? <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, no, but you get what I'm saying. Like, you understand. Like, when, when Jesus said that, when, when Paul said that we're qualified, he, it's really a bank legal statement. I have a lot of family members that work in the bank banking industry and those are common banking number terms, qualified approval, like you approve for this, you know, you're qualified, you approve for this thing and that thing. And the reality is, is that when, when that is pronounced, what it's, what's literally, what is this, what it's saying is that Jesus took our credit score and nailed it on a tree and he, and now we have received his credit score. So now we are qualified for all the inheritance we're qualified for the inheritance because it's no longer based on our credit score, but it's based on his credit score. Isn't that amazing? It's like phenomenally good news. It's like literally just entirely, this is reality, man. Like this is 100% truth for all of you, all of us. It's reality. It's not like a nice fantasy or a nice concept. It's literally truth. It's just full on truth, man. It's awesome. I love it. It's like so good news. In um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, there's this phrase that says at the very end, chapter 5, I believe it's verse 21. It says that he became sin who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. So what that really is saying there is that Jesus became what I was so I could become what he is. Does that make sense? You beca he became what you were so you could become what he is. He's qualified you to share in that inheritance. Our inheritance is Christ. Isn't that awesome? He lives in us. It's so good. Dude, just to get to live this thing every day. We get to be this thing every day. Like the more we realize how free we are, the more that we can just be love to, our, to everybody around us. And just to get to live this thing, to live the gospel, it's such a privilege. It's like a huge honor to get to live the gospel and to love people for a living. It's amazing. I'm going to share some stories, and I think I might actually have my sister come up and share a story. I'm going to come down here. Is that all right? Cool. 
So just living this thing, man, like last Sunday, a week ago, I live in, to set the kind of example, I live in a very urban setting. It might, I don't know if I've heard of over the Rhine, I've never been, but it may be be kind of like an over the Rhine kind of thing. Uh, Just a lot of prostitution, a lot of drug addiction, a lot of uh, just crime going on and violence and theft and things of that nature. That's kind of the side of town that my wife and I live in. So anyways, we're going on a walk in my neighborhood just last Sunday with a bunch of my friends. My, you were out there, right? My sister was out there and we're walking around and uh, just started meeting people. And we were out there for only about an hour and a half, just kind of walking through our own neighborhood and uh, meet this couple at the sidewalk. And we just kind of struck up conversation and uh, I just felt like uh, got some words of knowledge, just, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, the gift of the Spirit. One of the gifts of the Spirit is the word of knowledge, which is just an ability to kind of receive a fact or information about somebody that you'd have no prior knowledge about. So I just had this thought that they had back problems and it was true and kind of said a prayer for them, but they, wouldn't, they couldn't really tell if any, there was a difference and loved on them and that was it. And then we kind of went on from there and we ended up meeting this guy named Larry at the gas station and he's sitting, he's sitting kind of like this on a, on a cement block thing and he has his can of beer and his paper bag and he's smoking a cigarette and we just struck up conversation with him. We ended up talking with this guy for about 45 minutes and just loving on him and hearing his story and like, man, I'm telling you, like his story was just crazy. It was like, I've never heard um, such a, it was such a, a story, a life of tragedy like he, has, he had lost his wife, he lost his baby in a car accident. He himself got all jacked up in his body from the accident. It was like a 27 years ago, like previous thing that happened in his life. And he had so much pain in here, man, from like what happened. And uh, so we just kind of started striking a conversation. And eventually after about 45 minutes of just loving on him and hearing his story, my friend looks at him and he says, man, God wants to take the pain, that pain away, the pain in your heart. That pain you have, like he identifies with it, but he wants to take it away. And at that point, he kind of shut off and he just was like, well, I'm going to have to take a drink to that one. And kind of, you know, it just, he, it, he didn't want to go there. And I looked at him and I said, hey man, like what if God wanted to heal your physical body to show you that he wanted to heal your hurting heart? Like what if God would heal such a temporary thing? Like I maybe have 80, 100 years on this thing. What if he would heal something so temporal to get to something so eternal? So he was like, no, man, God's not going to restore me. Like I have had this pain for years, man. God's not going to restore my body. So we just, I just said, no, man, God is going to restore you. Like what, just, what if he just healed one little thing? Like he's not going to, he's not going to heal me. I said, well, let me, let, let me, you want, want to see a miracle? Sit down. So I had him sit down and I held up his legs. Literally, like if he was here, I held him up to here just to see if they were off. Like if his legs were off from his thrown out back. And I just lifted that far and instantly he's squinting and almost like tearing. And he's like, oh, oh, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. So I set him back down. I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry, I, we won't do that. Let me just pray for your back. So we prayed for his back for like 10 seconds. Afterwards, check what's going on. And he was like, oh my gosh, like actually there's no pain. There's no pain. So I grabbed his legs and I just launched him all the way up and started pumping him. I'm like, yeah, man, look at that. Look, he's like, yeah, man. And he jumps up and he starts doing, touching his toes and going up and down. He's like, seriously, all my pain is gone. And that's like, dude, that's the gospel. Like 27 years of pain, 27 years of pain, instantly gone. And like now we've, yeah, come on. And because, and because he's in our neighborhood, because he's in our neighborhood, we, I've seen him again, just this previous week. And been, I mean, that was just one, like 
half 40, like I said, 45 minutes of a life. And it's just amazing, the privilege just to love people. And like, turn with me to First uh, Timothy. Yeah. This is just really good news. First Timothy, verse 5. I hear pages turning. <laughs> this is just awesome. First Timothy, verse 5, it says, The aim of our charge... And I was reading this like a few months ago, and when, I, when, this, when Paul said that to Timothy, the aim of our charge, it was suddenly like, oh, I better pay attention because maybe I should aim for this too. You know what I mean? And he said this, the aim of our charge is love. Issuing from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And like, dude, that is just like totally true. Like, how in the world could I love my neighbor? How could I love my neighbor if, if my conscience isn't good? Like, if I don't know that I have a pure heart, if I don't know that I'm the righteousness of God, the stuff we were just talking about, how in the world could I love the person next to me if I can't even love myself? And like, this is just so true, man. Like faith, it says that, and also a sincere faith. Faith, the only way faith can grow is faith grows in a good conscience and a pure heart. If I don't know that I'm righteous, if I have rights, that I have right standing with God, how in the world could I come to him believing that he will reward those who diligently seek him? How would I, how would I believe that if I, if I believe that I'm not standing right before him? So this is just like totally true, man. Like love, love is the, our charge, man. And love flows from a pure heart and a good conscience. But the reality is, is that literally each and every one of us, we have a pure heart. We have a pure heart. It says, it says in Ezekiel 20, 36, 26, it says that I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will even put my spirit within you. Like that's just full on reality. When you received Christ, you received a new heart and a new spirit. Your heart is pure. Your heart is blameless. You're wholly blameless and above reproach. But this good conscience thing, when I saw that, I was like, what is this good conscience thing? Like, what, is that, what does that mean? What does it look like to literally live in a good conscience? Romans 5.1 says that we have been justified by faith. So because we've been justified, we have peace with God. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, man, I understand the justified part in a sense, like theologically in my brain, like, oh, you know, justified. But... This peace with God thing, like I was asking myself, how many times do I wake up in the morning and I actually feel perfect peace with God? I wake up and I, like every, if I woke up every morning and I didn't feel any shame, condemnation, guilt, or regret, and I woke up every morning just completely free, man, like completely having peace with God. That, that, I was like, what does that look like? And turn with me to Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 9 and 10. This is really good news. For so long, like in the church, we've been so common to literally create a sin consciousness. But Jesus actually came to destroy a sin consciousness to create a righteous conscience. Come on, isn't that true? So let's get into this. Like in, in Hebrews, just to set some context, Hebrews is a book, it's really, it's talking about, it's really paralleling the Levitical priesthood in terms of the actual priesthood of the law. In the Old Testament, you know, with the, the, the law and everything that Moses put in place, there was all these rituals and duties where the priests regularly had to go and kill animals and sacrifice animals for the remission of sins. 
And basically, like, they're just constantly, like, their sacrifice, they constantly have to sacrifice more daily all the time to be cleansed, just cleansed so they could stand before God and not be, not, you know, be destroyed. But this is, this Hebrews is literally setting the, par- the parallel of, yeah, but th- that was the former, but look at this. Now we have a high priest, Jesus, who literally, he doesn't have to go constantly sacrificing before the Father, but he went once for all with his own blood, not the blood of goats, with his own blood. And now literally he's made a way permanently for us to enter into God's presence. So if you read with me, starting in verse 11, chapter 9, it says, When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctified for the purification of the flesh... How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Our conscience. And then if we jump down to chapter 10, in chapter 10, the beginning, it talks about how they would regularly once a year have to do a sacrifice. The priest would have to go into the holy place and do a sacrifice for the unintentional sins of everybody. And like... Basically, because they had to go every year, it was a constant reminder that they were still in sin. So their conscience was constantly condemned, like, I'm still a sinner. But this says in Hebrews 10, verse 19, says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith, Clean, sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Again, we see those three things. Faith, a pure heart, and a good conscience. Dude, that's amazing. Like, we can literally, Jesus died. His blood cleanses us. Jesus died so that our conscience would actually be free. Like, we'd be free in here. Like, shame, condemnation, guilt, and regret, it doesn't have to be there. Like, shame, condemnation, guilt, and regret is just full-on demonic. But Jesus came that we could become the righteousness of God. And the reality is that you, we are the righteousness of God. And like, we can live free in our conscience here. Free here. Like, a sin consciousness in here, like in your soul, a sin consciousness produces, produces a self-consciousness. But a God-conscious produces a love-consciousness. Because like, how in the world, if I, if I have a self-consciousness or a sin consciousness, would I, would I love other people? Because I'm more focused about here. But Jesus didn't die just so I, could for my, so I could live for myself. He died so that I would live for him. Does that make sense? I hope I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm happy. I'm like not, I'm happy. <laughs> this is good. But like, you, you get that? Like, this is just amazing. Like, he literally, like, why in the world? I, I don't know about you, but if I wake up feeling condemned or I wake up with my conscience feeling evil or, or in the sense of condemned in my conscience, there's no way that I'm going to think about loving somebody I meet in the grocery store. But the more free I am here, the more, the more free we are here. And that's what it is. Literally, it's about revealing, literally understanding that reality. Like the more you understand that you got this good, the more this will be good. 
Because if I don't understand that I have peace with God, why in the world would I have peace with my brother? So it all starts with identity. It's all identity. Like our identity, literally you have peace with God, man. Like you're completely, you are the righteousness of God. You are like, you're literally, you are sanctified. It says that Christ became from us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You guys, like literally we're the righteousness of God. Our conscience has been washed clean by his blood. Not only are we the righteousness of God, but he deals with our conscience even, that every day we can wake up completely free. Isn't it awesome? It's amazing. It's like, it's in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it says that, it says that he died for all, that those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. It's like, he didn't pay a price just so I could go on living my life. He literally gave his body as a sacrifice so that we could be a bright and shining light. Come on. Isn't that, it's just true, man. Like he didn't, it's not about living for me. Like, like if I'm about me, there's no, then like when I'm about him, he'll be all about me. Like if we're all about him, he'll be all about us. But he didn't die for me to live for me. He died for me to live for him. It's just good news. But like, so the reality is you're the righteousness God. You're holy, blameless, above reproach. You have been sanctified. You guys like literally in your heart, literally Christ lives inside of you. Christ lives inside of you. Christ is the righteousness of God. Christ isn't, he's not in, he's not yeah, tied to sin. So neither are you. Like you're pure, you're, you're, you're righteous. It's amazing. You have, you can stand boldly in the presence of God, free from shame, condemnation, guilt, and regret. It's awesome. But like, so with all this stuff that, that was, was spoken, a lot of times like what comes up is this question of then why am I still sinning? Like I grew up with my dad speaking this stuff to me. And it was like, yeah, but then why am I still sinning? Like, if I'm the righteousness of God, why do I keep messing up? And the, the hang-up is that, like, that was a constant hang-up for me, like, for years in my life. Because my dad taught this stuff to me when I was a kid. And I was constantly stumbling over that. Like, why am I still messing up then if I'm the righteousness of God? If, like, I'm holy, blameless, and above reproach, why am I not acting holy, blameless, and above reproach? You know what I mean? And the reality is the difference is that in the Bible it says that we're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. And the reality is that it says that he came to give us a new heart and a new spirit. Like in your spirit, the stuff that I'm telling you today, it's literally 100% full-on gospel reality truth. Like you are the righteousness of God. In your spirit, it says in 1 Corinthians, those who have been joined to the Lord have become one spirit with him. You're in your heart. Your heart is literally one with the heart of Christ. You are the righteousness of God. But what it comes down to is that is it says in Romans 12 two, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to this world. And our, what happens is that our souls and our, and our bodies are transformed by the renewing of our mind, of this thing. Because, does that make sense? Is everybody getting this? Transformed by the renewing of your mind? Like your spirit is literally 100% righteous, but then our soul and our body aligned to that truth is our mind is constantly renewed. And our mind is renewed through this. It's amazing. Does that make sense? It's awesome. Like, it, I love how it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not be transformed by doing a bunch of activity. You know what I mean? Like if you do more, if you pray more, if you read, if you do all this stuff more, you'll be transformed. No, if your mind is renewed, you're transformed. Because literally, it's the reality of your spirit is more, it's more of a state of being than a state of doing. 
Like, we aren't human doings, we're human beings. Does that make sense? Like, we aren't human doings, we're human beings. So our doing comes out of our being. Our doing comes out of our being. Rather than thinking we have to do all this stuff to get to our being, we discover who we are, and then our doing flows out of our being. It's amazing. Think about the Beatitudes. They're called the Beatitudes, right? Like, I love reading the Sermon on the Mount. They are called the Beatitudes. They aren't called the do-attitudes. Like, we, I read the Sermon on the Mount, we read the Sermon on the Mount, and we think that we have to do all these things. We have to, you know, you better be meek, you better be poor in spirit, you better be, you know, you better be uh, hunger for, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and all these things, rather than, they aren't something, it's not a do-attitudes, they're be-attitudes. It's the reality of who you are, man. It's amazing. And we're transformed more and more as we behold, as we behold him, as we behold him, our minds are renewed. We're transformed. Like the word of God is a mirror, man. I love the word. It's like a mirror. Like every time I look at it, it's like I'm reflecting my true identity. So I don't have to read the word to understand it. I read it just to, just to, just to look in the mirror. Cause when, every time you read this, it's like you're looking at yourself. The word is a mirror, man. Every time you read it, whoa, I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Whoa, I'm the righteousness of God. Whoa, I'm holy, blameless, and above reproach. That is my reality. It's like I'm looking at a mirror. It's amazing. It's, it's beautiful, man. It's awesome. Isn't this good news? Come on. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Are you laughing with me? No. <laughs> it's all right. Man, but hey, this is awesome. Like, have you ever heard the phrase, those who are forgiven much love much? You know, because like all this stuff we're talking about, I mean, look at this. There's such a religious perception on that phrase. This is a phrase that Jesus said. But it's like, for so many years growing up in the church as a pastor's kid, I always took that as like, yeah, like, you know, the somebody that had a, just a crazy past, like, you know, all this stuff and they did all these bad things, these bad things. Man, when they came to Christ, they've been forgiven so much. So now they can love so much. Man, too, you know, like that was always the train of thought. But that, dude, that's so distorted. That doesn't make any sense. It's like, I, I remember I had a friend that literally just walked away from the Lord. And his family and his mom would always say these phrases like, it's okay. He's just building up his testimony right now. But when he comes back, he's just going to, now he'll have an amazing story to tell. Dude, that's a bunch of garbage. <laughs> Don't listen to that stuff. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Go deeper and deeper into darkness so that when you do come to the light, you have more darkness to talk about. That doesn't make any sense. And what, what I'm trying to get at here is that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how bad you were when he called you or how, quote unquote, good you were when he called you. Look, we were all in the same state. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter what, how bad or how good we had done. Our wages would have all been the same. You know what I'm talking about? Our eternal wages all would have been the same. But the reality is, is that you, if you are born again, you have literally been forgiven much. So you can love much. It's amazing. Like we have all been forgiven much. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you were. But when Jesus called you, you have been forgiven so much. The only difference with people, with people that have a crazy testimony that maybe had a, 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 a crazy past when they came into Christ is that because of their past, they know that they have been forgiven much. So they love much. But you have been forgiven much too. We've all been forgiven much too so we can love much. Isn't that awesome? Come on. Come on, it's just so good. Um, 
in Matthew 18, Peter asked Jesus, he said, he said, uh, how many times do I need to forgive my brother? Like two times, like a couple times here. And then after that, I can just like, I'm done with you. And Jesus is like, no, no, 70 times, seven times. I tell you 70 times, seven times, forgive them. And then he goes into this story about this servant and his master. And the, the, the servant, there was this servant that literally he owed his master the equivalent of 200,000 years of labor. I mean like hard labor, 200,000 years. And the master graciously has mercy and forgives him of all that debt, of the 200,000 years of, of labor, hard labor. But then that servant goes in return and he goes out on the streets and he starts choking his fellow brother and his fellow neighbor. And he says, pay me back what you owe me. You know how much that servant owed the other servant? A hundred days of labor. And when you put it into that context, you realize it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for how much we've been forgiven to not love, love one another and to not just radically realize how much he loves us. Does that make sense? Would you guys stand with me? I'm just going to pray a prayer over us. Like how many of you feel like you can relate to just like totally honest, like my hands up. How many of you like feel like you can, you can, you relate to shame, condemnation, guilt, and regret? Yeah, come on. Thank you for your honesty. God's going to set us free tonight or today. God's going to set us free because like he doesn't, he didn't die so that we could, we would live in shame, condemnation, and regret. Think about it. If he doesn't condemn you, we don't have to condemn ourselves. Like if he doesn't condemn you, I don't have to, I don't have to condemn me. I don't condemn me because if he deemed me uncondemned, then I ha- I can't deem myself condemned. And the, and the reality is that God is going to break condemnation right now. He's going to break shame. He's going to break regret. Where maybe you feel like you've loomingly for years lived with the regret of a past mistake. It's going to be broken tonight or today. It's going to be broken. So just hold out your hands like you're going to get something. And I'm just going to pray a prayer. We're just going to pray together. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Right now, God, I just ask you, I just declare just the witness of your spirit right now. I just declare shame, condemnation, guilt, and regret broken right now. Broken right now. That literally every day we can wake up with peace with you because that's what you paid for. You paid for us to have peace. I just thank you that we've been forgiven so much, like 200,000 years of labor. And because you forgave us so much, we don't have the right to not forgive ourselves. So right now, I just declare self-hatred broken right now in this place. Freedom. Freedom right now. Just fill him up. We could have the prayer team come on up. That'd be awesome. How many are feeling uh, just some peace right now? Feeling some sort of tangible peace in your in your body as we were praying, or just in your mind and your thinking? Come on, come on.
Well, we're going to have the prayer team up here. And uh, just if you would like prayer in any of that area, like if you just feel like you just want to be renewed and you're discovering your identity, if there's just uh, anything that you just want to just come up and receive prayer for, something that you feel like has been looming over you, I just feel like a big thing that's on my that I was feeling for this morning is that God just wanted to really remove any self-hatred. Where, where we, we literally hold, we're so hard on ourselves, man. We, we're, we're harder on ourselves than he is on us. He's a good dad. And I just feel like if you, ever, if you feel like a looming heaviness, there's something over you that just feels like it doesn't want to leave. And like you wake up feeling down. I just want, I would love for you to come up and we're just going to have, I'll be down here too to pray with you guys. And uh, I'm just going to quickly call out some, uh, some things that I was feeling. And then uh, from there, um, we'll just dismiss and feel free to come on up for prayer. And like if you need to get your kids... So some things that we were feeling is I really felt like if there's anybody that has metal in their body, if there's anybody that has back problems, cancer, terminal disease, chronic problems, like something that you've had looming for like a pain or some sort of problem that you've had for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, if you have uh, birth defects, lung disease, and I feel like if there's somebody that either you have a, you've had a heart failure before or you've had a, in your family line, there's a history of heart failure. So you have a fear that that'll happen to you. If that's you, like we really want to pray for you. God's going to release healing. And then if there's anybody that has Crohn's disease, as we were really feeling Crohn's disease, if somebody has blackouts, if that's like a common thing that you experience, blackouts. And uh, the last one, this is kind of weird, but if anybody ha- feels like if they have like deal with body odor, it sounds really weird, but just like if you feel there's like a, just a lingering kind of something that you deal with is a problem. It's not just like normal, but like something that is like almost chronic body odor. Uh, we actually want to pray for you for that. And God's going to heal you of that too. Is that awesome? Cool. Well, you got, were you guys blessed? Yeah. Come on. Awesome. Great. Well, feel, yeah, we bless you guys. Like, have a great day. Feel free to come on up for prayer. Like, we just really want to take the time to pray for you guys. I wanted to leave room just to really have time to pray. And uh, if, uh, yeah, you need, want to have kids, just feel free. This would be a good time to go get them. So, bless you guys.